Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Hard to believe it's 2023 already here, but here we are. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. Today we're going to begin with a, a brief devotional thought based on Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 through 15. And I, I selected these verses on, with kind of a, a New Year's theme in mind as we go forward into this new year. Uh, what uh, What gives us the confidence and the courage to face the year ahead you know every year you know during this time we kind of reflect on what's happened this past year and you know if you would have told me at the beginning of last year that all the things that happened last year were going to happen to me you know the good and the bad I'd, I'd have you know maybe thought man I'm not sure I really want to do that <laughs> and and you know the year ahead is going to be the same you know and and I think I think those uh those thoughts and those uh uh maybe encouragement that we need comes here from Exodus chapter 14, where, where the children of Israel are, uh, they got their backs to the Red Sea. They've been, they're on their way out of Egypt. Uh, Pharaoh's army is coming right at them. And they're, they're wondering, well, Lord, why did God bring us out here? They complained to Moses, Moses, did you bring us here to die? Um, and here we see Moses speaking to the people, uh, verses 13 to 15. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall again no more or see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So, you know, uh, one of the, one of the interesting things in these verses for the children of Israel is, is what God tells them to do. Um, and he tells him kind of two places. He says, first he says, stand still and, and see. So just stop and look, look what God's going to do. And then he says a little later on, hold your peace. And I think that's such an important thing for us to remember. Um, myself personally, I'm more of a, uh, fix it kind of personality when the, when the, when the, the plumbing's leaking or when the outlet doesn't work or when the, you know, the problem going on in the house or, you know, the, the vent isn't blowing, you know, I'm the guy, I just like to try to figure it out. So, you know, I'll pull up YouTube or I'll start watching videos or I'll type it into Google and try to figure out what the problem is. So we can fix the problem. Um, I like to, to fix things. And I think a lot of people are like that too. Um, rather than just let the problem sit there, we like to fix it and work on it and do it and do it and see what I can do. Um, and yet a lot of the times uh, God calls on us to not have that fix it, fix it attitude, but just stand still and watch him fix it. And, you know, I think a lot of times I'll, you know, be talking to people in the hospital or they'll be sick with this or that, or, you know, there's so many things in life that, uh, that God sends along our way that we can't fix. Why? To teach us that we needed to rely and trust in someone bigger and stronger and wiser than we are. And that's exactly what happens here with the children of Israel. You know, God sent them, uh, uh, God sent them a direction you know, he was guiding them by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And he led them not uh, in the, the normal way to get from the land of Egypt to Sinai, but he led them to the Red Sea. He led them to this dead, supposed dead end. And, you know, maybe in your life, you feel like God has led you to a dead end in some way or another. And you might be thinking, well, God, what in the world 
what in the world are you doing right now? And if that is your attitude, if that is your thought, maybe in the year to come at some point this year, remember what and how Moses encourages the children of Israel. Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of God, which he will accomplish for you today. God has a plan. Um, and for the children of Israel, it was a miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, which, you know, I'm not saying you should expect God to part the waters for you uh, in your life. But remember, God is fighting for you and you shall hold your peace. And simply, simply what we need to do so often is just wait and see, hold your peace and see what God's going to do. Um, and then, then after that, the Lord said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. And isn't that interesting that he says, go forward before, <laughs> uh, before he parts the Red Sea, he says, go forward. Why? I see you smiling there, pastor. Why, why are you smiling there? <laughs> Okay, how? How are we gonna? Okay. Yeah. Let me go forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How? Where do you want us to go, God? There's just water here. How? You know, are we gonna walk on the water? Are we gonna? What? What are we gonna do? And of course, the verse is right after this. Moses raises his rod, Aaron's rod, and and parts the Red Sea by the power of God, and the children of Israel cross over on dry ground. Um, and of course, we know that story, and you know that's referenced so many times in the new. In, in, in all of Holy Scripture as the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And this is how he ultimately delivered them. And he said, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see again no more forever uh, because God is fighting for them. And if God's able to, you know, destroy this, you know, really probably the most powerful army on earth at that time, uh, Pharaoh and his chariots, uh, if God is able to do that to the this powerful army, well, what enemies are we going to face in 2023? What what difficulties are challenge? What insurmountable uh, uh, giants are we going to be facing this coming year? Um, and the answer is, no matter what you're facing, God is fighting for you. God is uh, the, God has one salvation for you, um, and He's defeated your worst enemy of all. Worse and more powerful than any army of Pharaoh is uh, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, our enemies who who are still chasing us and plotting against us and working against us, and yet God is fighting for us against them as well. And he's defeated them through his son, Jesus, and he will destroy them on the last day forever. And uh, we can go forward in the new year in 2023 in confidence and, and trust that God is fighting for us and that he's going to help us to, to cross any body of water that comes our way to overcome any difficulty, um, to, to defeat any giant uh, that, that uh, seeks to overthrow us, um, not because of our strength and our power or our might or wisdom, but because of, who our God is, the one who's fighting for us. And so we can hold our peace and be comforted and trust that, that he will uh, work this great work for us. Any thoughts there, there, Pastor? Yeah, I think just a quick emotional one. Basically, I think it's kind of ironic that Moses is speaking this way to the people about them not being afraid, about them standing still when it wasn't really that long before this where Moses was making every excuse that he could to not go back to Pharaoh and Egypt out of fear of uh, being afraid that he might be put to death for killing that Egyptian and trying to hide the body and basically running away from his people. And ultimately, now he's trying to convince the people to not be afraid. So the, the one thing that I was thinking of as you're reading through this and talking is that Moses has learned trust. And I think that's something that I would like to take into this new year is that the Lord might throw all kinds of challenges at us, but trust is something that we learn to do over time. It's not something where the Lord just says, I'm going to give you all this trust. And it's all that you're, he builds us up. He, he strengthens our trust over time for those tough moments. And I think that you see Moses is kind of a case and study for that 
how could he have this much trust at this moment in time when he he didn't obviously have it before when the Lord called him to do this mm. to lead the people. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. So what what huge insurmountable obstacles is God gonna send your way this year in order to build that trust in you? So that in tw- when we start st- reflecting on 2023 and we look forward to 2024 and a year from now, what can we look back on and say, oh, I see how God built my trust in him through that. You know, I think that's, that's what, it, that's living, uh, living, ref- you know, reflectively and thinking about, you know, what has God done for me in the past year? Because these just keep floating along year by year and not really think about the things that happen. But really, when if you think about, well, God is doing all these things in order to uh, work that work of salvation in me. So everything that happens, happens for a reason. And what is God doing through all these things? And that's, I mean, that's living intentionally. That's realizing God has a plan and God's uh, working through all these things. So what is he doing? What is he seeking to accomplish in all these things? Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we, we bless you uh, for the past year for being with us and strengthening us. We bless you for the tribulations you've given us this past year as we rejoice in them, as they build up that trust in you that remains confident that you have been with us since our baptism and will continue to be with and bless us throughout our earthly lives. Uh, We pray that in the coming year that you would put your hand of blessing upon us, help us uh, to be the witnesses and the, the Christians, the light of this world, the salt of the earth that you've called us to be. Help us to bear forth fruits um, that you have called us to. Help us to be faithful family members, friends, and uh, faith. most of all, faithful to you, our Lord and Savior, as you have been faithful to us. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of salvation, for overcoming our enemies, and for winning eternal life for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. A uh, number of updates and reminders today. Uh, after quite a break here, we're going to be is this right, Pastor? We're picking back up again in our Bible studies tonight, our online Bible study. Yes, sir. Where are we on that? We're in First John, uh, wrapping up chapter four. Okay. Uh, so we'll hopefully be start getting in the chapter five of First John this Wednesday. Okay, sounds good. Um, we had a couple uh, weeks of recess here for a couple different things. Men's breakfast was off for a couple weeks. Um, this Friday we'll be resuming again. Uh, we are in studying the Gospel of Matthew, so that'll be this Friday at 6.30. Hope you can join us for that. Uh, this coming weekend as well, Bible class and Sunday school resumes. Uh, we'll be picking back up. We had two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's, and uh, we'll be returning to the classroom for that as we continue our study of God's Word. Uh, Bible class, we're looking at the book of Romans. Uh, I think we're in chapter four, um, so we got some, well, if we're going to try to finish the year, we got some, before summer, we got some, uh, some, uh, tracks to make we'll say that how about that uh coming up uh on the 16th uh voters please uh take note the annual voters meeting so this is the the biggest meeting of the year uh very important to put this on your calendars and make sure you attend that's again january 16th those of you who are in charge of committees or or uh uh council please uh get your reports in by january 9th to mrs hillary leon our church secretary she's compiling the uh annual report and she needs those by the 9th so again deadline for reports is the 9th and the meeting then is on january 16th i'm on our prayer list we continue to pray for the three cancer patients tom jensen carrie dale and john hine pray the lord would uh continue to uh, bless each of them in, in their different stages of their uh, dealing with these 
different cancers. Uh, we keep Cordy Keeney in our prayers. Uh, she has been moved now to Oak Terrace um, on a permanent basis. She'll be living there uh, for the, the time being. Uh, so we pray for Cordy that the Lord will continue to uh, give her strength during this time. Hope Redlin uh, this past week was moved from the hospital to Laurel's Peak where she is uh, rehabbing. Uh, prayerful, she'll be able to return home at some point, but for now she is in rehab. Um, so we keep her and Dale in our prayers. And then we also pray for Harold Woolley who broke his hip um, and this past week was moved to the Mapleton uh, uh, rehab facility down there um, uh, for for quite some time, I'd imagine, as he tries to rehab from that broken hip that he he suffered just before Christmas. Which brings us to our Wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs from chapter 21. Uh, we've been going week by week. We've been taking a look at um, different uh, Proverbs from Solomon. Uh, today we're looking going to look at verses 2 and 3 from chapter 21, which say this. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. All right. So I, I want to start with kind of the first half of that first one. So it says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Um, how does that play out? Maybe I'll start with the question. How does it, how do you see that playing out? Um, maybe even in your ministry pastor um, where people, people always, the, th the actions they take, the things they do, the words they say are always okay. Um, at least when, as they're doing them in their own eyes. Maybe it's easy to start with a congregation. I like that question because the congregation says, well, we should do this ministry or we should do that. We should help the community in these ways. And this be our focus. And the Lord kind of like he direct Moses basically says, no, you're not going to do it that way. You're going to move forward in the way I want you to. Mm. So he'll, he'll tend to end plans pretty quickly or frustrate those plans. If it's not according to his will. So I think that's a comforting thing though, too, because you know, if you're, if you're, spinning wheels too much on something maybe there's a good reason the lord is letting you spin your wheels as well so there's kind of a positive and negative there personally i would probably say it's very similar i think you might make plans of how you want your ministry to go in one location or one day or one year like you were just talking about um I definitely have plans for the ministry here in emmanuel this year that i like that we get a chance to talk about like we have today um, but the lord always seems to have other thoughts and minds and say, no, here's how you're going to spend your time. Even today with the snowstorm, I had a plan for today. It has totally changed. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, from a day to a year, to a congregational, to a personal basis, I think that's going to be true. The Lord ultimately is weighing those attitudes of your heart. And what is, isn't it James that says we should Lord willing, we should do this or that when it comes to going here, doing this or that, whatever the Lord wills, we'll do. Mm, mm. so you you i mean you kind of took that honestly a little bit differently than i took it which is okay, okay. which is okay so when i read out, every way of a man is right in his own eyes even if it's wrong it's not written there but um sure. and uh, you know that's as human beings we always think that what we're doing it was a natural tendency for us to think that the thing that we're doing is right right so i, I always use the analogy of the you know when you're driving um you're always going at exactly the appropriate speed limit, right? So anybody who's going slower than you is dangerously slow. Anybody who's going faster than you is dangerously fast. I'm the one who's going just the right speed, whatever that might be, <laughs> whether it's, you know, right on the speed limit or if it's a snowy day like today, 
you know, uh, I'm slowing it down, but that, that crazy guy who is going two miles an hour faster than me, boy, that guy's, you know, driving dangerously. Right. So every way of a man is right in his own eyes. And there's a very, because we are subjective creatures, because I'm the, I'm the one living behind my eyes, no matter what I do, I have a reason for it or an excuse for it. Or, uh, uh, I have a, a reason why it's okay for me to do this thing, even if it's not okay for somebody else to do this thing, you know? So what, what is that thing we're talking about? Well, maybe it's, you know, hate is hate is a sin, but you don't understand what this person did to me. And so it's okay for me to hate in this instance because X, Y, Z, or, you know, think of, uh, uh, you know, sins of lust or sins of greed or sins of jealousy or covetousness, you know, though, you know, yes, those things are sins, but here's my specific situation. You've never walked a mile in my, my shoes. So uh, here's why I am excused or why what I'm doing is right, because in my own eyes, um, it's okay. And so what I think at the end of the verse then says, the Lord is the one who weighs the heart. You know, you can sit there and say, you know, um, no, you know, nobody knows how I'm feeling or nobody understands what I've been through. And so this sin or that sin is okay in this, in this situation. Or I've recently had a, um, somebody tell me, uh, well, I know the Lord's going to forgive me for this, <laughs> you know? Um, well, that, that's not an attitude. We, sh- we shouldn't say, well, I'm going to sin because I know God's going to forgive me that sin after I sin. Right. You know, uh, you know, that's exactly what it's talking about here. I think is every way a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And that's, Ultimately, though, the second half of that, the second verse we're talking about here, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You know, in so many ways, we think, well, God just expects this rote ceremony from us. He expects us to come to church. He expects us to put the check in the offering plate. He expects us to, you know, uh, do keep these commandments, this and this and this. But what really, what what's more acceptable? Not that God doesn't want all those things, but what's more acceptable is to do right, to do righteous and justice, and that's a, an objective concept what is right and what is wrong is something that god presents in his word not in my own eyes which is this idea of subjective truth you know it's not my truth or your truth or whatever but god gives objective truth in his word and he tells what is right and what is wrong um, what is fair and what is unfair and that's what that's what um that's what god's really looking to and it reminds me of you know jesus quotes that that section from uh uh hosea where he talks about uh uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, right? What God really wants from us is to, to uh, bear out his grace. What's more important to him is, is bearing out his grace, preaching his gospel, sharing the, the, the salvation that, that comes from God. Um, that's more important than just the, the rote uh, rituals and, and uh, things that we go, the sacrifices that we go through. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, you're right. They were different perspectives, that's for sure. <laughs> Not that you're wrong. Um, I don't know. No, no. Um, no, I like the, the way you explained the third verse, too. With the second one, I, I think the part of what you're saying is when he talks about the weighing of the hearts, I definitely think that that is fitting with the way you described that. What is our attitude? What is our motivation behind what we're doing as far as following God's word, keeping his law? You know, verse three, you know, following the Lord in the way you did, uh, what you mentioned there, to do righteousness and justice. It's, it's basically saying, I'm going to put the Lord first. I'm going to follow his will rather than my own. I think that was the point I was trying to make with the congregational pers- personal behaviors. We can make these plans. Uh, we can weigh our own thoughts in our heart, but the Lord weighs those thoughts too. And so how do we follow him and his will each and every day? Yeah, I think so, we just, I think we just had two, 
I mean, every, it doesn't say it doesn't say some ways of a man are right, in his, right? So it's not like the things that are right are right in my eyes, and the things that are wrong are are right in my eyes, right? Right. Uh, that, that's the idea there. And so you covered kind of the the right things I do that are right in my eyes, which is good. And then I kind of covered the wrong things yeah. I do that are right in my eyes, I guess. What I like about going through these proverbs is that it's just it's neat because there's so much. Someone just said to me earlier, you know, I was reading through the Proverbs and I just read through a whole chapter and I realized when I stopped and slowed down, it's like I could really spend so much time on each verse. And that's why I really like that we're going through this and picking out, we're just picking out a couple of verses every chapter. You know, how much more time can we spend really digging into this wisdom the Lord gives us with yeah. so many aspects of our life? Yeah, we did that, you know, we did that read the Bible program and it was, I think it was something like 10 verses a time when we do Proverbs. And even that's like, it's a tough chunk to, to get through if you're actually thinking about it and trying to apply all of it all the time. Right. So uh, the other one I want to talk to you about is 21 verse 19. It says better to dwell in the wilderness than when it's a contentious and angry woman pass to your thoughts. <laughs> you didn't have that one written down. What are you talking <laughs> about? The first nine, but what, what was your translation of that? 19. Oh, I thought you said verse nine. Nope, nineteen. 19's... Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Go. Okay, so it's the same. It's very similar to verse nine. So nine says, "Better to dwell in a corner of a house top than in a house shared with a contentious woman." Uh, yeah, I just used this for some marriage counseling recently, a uh, pre-marriage counseling. So the whole point of, yeah, you need to work together and not nag one another. Whether it's just a woman or a husband doesn't matter. But the whole point is it's not fun living with someone who's just getting after you all, you know, your spouse or, you know, a parent or child, if you're constantly getting after the person and saying, you're doing this wrong or not doing this well enough, that will be grating on you mm -hmm. and uh, degrading to you. And so it's almost, I wonder if Solomon had any women like that in his life. Well, he like was married to a thousand women, right? It couldn't have been, had to been at least one of them. <laughs> you would think, or, yeah, so <laughs> whole other discussion there probably, huh? But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of keeping peace in the house. And yeah. again, it's showing the negative side of it. And I yeah. think that's actually good, especially when you think about the snow days or COVID. How do you treat your family? Those who, you, or those who you're, um, yeah, how do you treat your family when you are with them all the time? And how do you treat them with your relationships? And how do you talk to them? It's, it's really a, uh, wisdom as far as how we speak to one another in that sense so it's a great those are great verses yeah there's a reason i blindsided you but i just want to see what you see what your reaction would be <laughs> what i'd like contentious to is, is contentious means like picking a fight right so you know whether it's a man or woman like you said it's not fun living with someone who's constantly picking fights and uh yeah and i think i think you make a good point there about you know some of these situations we found ourselves in lately where you find you're like stuck at a ho at home with your family all the time you know i always tell people when i do premarital counseling the person you're marrying is the person both the person you're going to sin against most for the rest of your lives together and also the person who's going to sin against you the most and if you go into that understanding that well that's i think that'll be really that's helpful because then you you see that uh you're able to build a uh, you're able to build a foundation of forgiveness and trust because you're able to be completely vul vulnerable to the other person realizing uh, that you're going to wrong them and they're going to wrong you and you can move forward with that. And, and on the flip side of that too, 
is there will be no one on this earth that I will love more than my wife who's forgiven me besides Jesus, obviously, who's forgiven me all those things. Right. So yeah. that's what makes this relationship special when you do find that forgiveness in Christ and apply it to one another too. So right. uh, what I'd like you to do is go uh, talk to your wife and use this verse with her and see how she reacts. Use this verse? Just blindly quote it to her and just say, hey, did you know it's better to dwell in the <laughs> than a contentious wife? <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying, Pastor? Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's close her down with a hymn of the day. That uh, good. Picked hymn 125 from the, the New Year's section here. The old year now hath passed away. We thank thee, O our God, today that thou hast kept us through the year when danger and distress were near. We pray thee, O eternal Son, who with the Father reignst as one, to guard and rule thy Christendom through all the ages yet to come. Take not thy saving word away, our soul's true comfort, staff, and stay. Abide with us and keep us free from errors following only thee. Oh, help us to forsake all sin, a new and holier course begin. Mark not what once was done amiss, a happier, better year than this. Wherein, as Christians, we may live or die in peace that thou canst give, to rise again when thou shalt come and enter thine eternal home. There we shall thank thee and adore with all the angels evermore. Lord Jesus Christ, increase our faith to praise thy name through life and death. Amen. One final announcement I wanted to highlight for you that didn't make it the first time we recorded is that uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, 3.15 in the gym, uh, the varsity basketball team will be scrimmaging a number of faculty members, including myself, Pastor Radical, uh, Mr. Heinze, and a number of college boys will be scrimmaging them as well. So you are welcome to come down and watch us play, enjoy the evening, and all the other games that will be going on after that as well. just want to let you know that. May God bless your day. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.